chapter twenty of nature and art this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. nature and art by elizabeth inch bald chapter twenty in the country where the sensible heart is still more susceptible of impressions and where the unfeeling mind in the want of other men's wit to invent forms schemes for its own amusement our youths both fell in love if passions that were pursued on the most opposite principles can receive the same appellation william well versed in all the licentious theory thought himself in love because he perceived a tumultuous impulse caused his heart to beat while his fancy fixed on a certain object whose presence agitated yet more his breast henry thought himself not in love because while he listened to william on the subject he found their sensations did not in the least agree william owned to henry that he loved agnes the daughter of a cottager in the village and hoped to make her his mistress henry felt that his tender regard for rebecca the daughter of the curate of the parish did not inspire him even with the boldness to acquaint her with his sentiments much less to meditate one design that might tend to her dishonour while william was cautiously planning how to meet in private and accomplish the seduction of the object of his passion henry was endeavouring to fortify the object of his choice with every virtue he never read a book from which he received improvement that he did not carry it to rebecca never heard a circumstance which might assist towards her moral instruction that he did not haste to tell it her and once when william boasted he knew he was beloved by agnes henry said with equal triumph he had not dared to take the means to learn nor had rebecca dared to give one instance of her partiality rebecca was the youngest and by far the least handsome daughter of four to whom the rev mr rymer a widower was father the other sisters were accounted beauties and she from her comparative want of personal charms having been less beloved by her parents and less caressed by those who visited them than the rest had for some time past sought other resources of happiness than the affection praise and indulgence of her fellow-creatures the parsonage house in which this family lived was the forlorn remains of an ancient abbey it had in later times been the habitation of a rich and learned rector by whom at his decease a library was bequeathed for the use of every succeeding resident rebecca left alone in this huge ruinous abode while her sisters were paying stated visits in search of admiration passed her solitary hours in reading she not merely read she thought the choicest english books from this excellent library taught her to think and reflection fashioned her mind to bear the slights the mortifications of neglect with a patient dejection rather than with an indignant or a peevish spirit this resignation to injury 
and contumely gave to her perfect symmetry of person a timid eye a retiring manner and spread upon her face a placid sweetness a pale serenity indicating sense which no wise connoisseur in female charms would have exchanged for all the sparkling eyes and florid tints of her vain and vulgar sisters henry's soul was so enamoured of her gentle deportment that in his sight she appeared beautiful while she with an understanding competent to judge of his worth was so greatly surprised so prodigiously astonished at the distinction the attention the many offices of civility paid her by him in preference to her idolized sisters that her gratitude for such unexpected favours had sometimes even in his presence and in that of her family nearly drowned her eyes with tears yet they were only trifles in which henry had the opportunity or the power to give her testimony of his regard trifles often more grateful to the sensible mind than efforts of high importance and by which the proficient in the human heart will accurately trace a passion wholly concealed from the dull eye of the unskilled observer the first cause of amazement to rebecca in the manners of henry was that he talked with her as well as with her sisters no visitor else had done so in appointing a morning's or an evening's walk he proposed her going with the rest no one had ever required her company before when he called and she was absent he asked where she was no one had ever missed her before she thanked him most sincerely and soon perceived that at those times when he was present company was more pleasing even than books her astonishment her gratitude did not stop here henry proceeded in attention he soon selected her from her sister to tell her the news of the day answered her observations the first once gave her a sprig of myrtle from his bosom in preference to another who had praised its beauty and once never to be forgotten kindness sheltered her from a hasty shower with his parapluie while he lamented to her drenched companions that he had but one to offer from a man whose understanding and person they admire how dear how impressive on the female heart is every trait of tenderness till now rebecca had experienced none not even of the parental kind and merely from the overflowings of a kind nature not in return for affection had she ever loved her father and her sisters sometimes repulsed by their severity she transferred the fullness of an affectionate heart upon birds or the brute creation but now her alienated mind was recalled and softened by a sensation that made her long to complain of the burthen it imposed those obligations which exact silence are a heavy weight to the grateful and rebecca longed to tell henry that even the forfeit of her life would be too little to express the full sense she had of the respect he paid to her but as modesty forbade not only every kind of declaration but every 
insinuation purporting what she felt she wept through sleepless nights from a load of suppressed explanation yet still she would not have exchanged this trouble for all the beauty of her sisters End of chapter twenty